hello I hope you're having a lovely day today I am sharing with you today about finances and building your home economy so one of the biggest fears I feel in women quitting their jobs outside of the home quitting working outside of the home to come home and work from within the home to be homemakers to be helpers of their husband to be with their children all day instead of putting them in daycare or school to be able to homeschool them the fear or what prevents a lot of women from entering into this space is the financial cost of if i leave this job will we suffer? <laughs> will our children suffer? Will life become hard for us? And I think this is where it's really important to renew our minds of what our purpose is and what the Bible says. So the Bible says in Proverbs 14:1, the wisest of women builds her home. Not the wisest of women builds her career or her business, but builds her home. So how important is it that what we do starts from within our home? And I say this often, but I'm going to say it again because it always comes up in the comment section of how everyone wants to take the Proverbs 31 lady and make her into a boss babe. But everything that she did was from within her household, helping her husband, building her home economy. And she was able to make money by selling linens. But why was she able to do that? It was an overflow of being so good at helping her husband, managing her home, taking care of her household. And in the overflow of that, she was able to make linens and sell them. And so absolutely, we can make money as homemakers and we can do that creatively. And I might touch on that later or that might be a whole new video in itself because today I really want to focus on how we can have a productive home and out of having a productive home we end up saving money because we're now producers instead of consumers. I did a whole video on building the home economy and that I break down the importance of you being at home and building your home economy. Whereas today I want to get specific into the financial side of things. Working outside of the home, there are a lot of costs that come from that that end up almost being forgotten about because all you see is the paychecks coming in. But if you start tracking your finances, which I'm going to share on how we track our finances, in a little bit, but if you start tracking your finances, you can see this is our incomes, this is the money coming in, and then this is where we're spending our money. You take the money that's coming in, you subtract the money that you're spending, and that bottom line is your cash flow. And you can see, is there a cash flow in your income every month, or are you spending at least the same or more than what you're making. And I think a lot of times just having a second paycheck makes you feel that you are bringing in more income, but is the lifestyle that's built around you working outside of the home, is that more costly than it would be if you were working from within your home and if you had a productive home economy, rather than being a consumer, which is often what happens when a wife is working outside of the home, a lot of the home tasks get neglected. That's not meant to be condemnation, it's just the reality of it. When I was working outside of the home, 
there was a lot of areas that was neglected because I was exhausted when I came home. It was hard to keep the house clean. It was hard to make food from scratch. I actually didn't make food from scratch. I thought I was making food from scratch, but now that I'm actually making food from scratch, I don't buy mayonnaise anymore. I don't buy brown sugar anymore. I don't buy bread anymore. I don't buy tortillas anymore because these are all things that I make from scratch. I make barbecue sauce from scratch. If something can be made from scratch, I make it from scratch. One, because I know it's better for us. There's no preservatives in it. But two, ingredients are a lot cheaper than the finished product that you would buy from the store. And I know exactly what's going into those products. So food-wise, you're not eating as healthy. And then also, what happens when you're not eating as healthy? You don't feel as great. What happens when you don't feel as great? You end up comfort shopping to make yourself feel better. And then there's the side of the expenses that go into you working a job. So the clothes that you wear, do you have to buy certain outfits or uniforms to look nice? Do you have to constantly go to a hairdresser every other month to keep up with your hair? Do you have to go get manicures because your nails need to look nice for your job. I feel like every time I go into a bank, the bank ladies always have their nails done to a T. Or even a lot of cashier jobs, you see a lot of the girls have their nails done to a T. And that's fine if you just like doing that, but that's something to consider. Is that a necessity or is that just a fun desire that you want and because you're working you can justify spending the extra money on getting manicures every month. Those are the type of things to think about and then obviously the gas mileage that goes into you going to work outside of the home and the maintenance, the upkeep of your car from having to drive that much. Those are all of the expenses that go into you working outside of the home that you could eliminate if you worked from within the home. That is the big picture overview from the outside comparing working outside of the home to start thinking about is working outside of the home actually making money? Joel Salatin has an amazing quote. He says, a dollar saved is a dollar 40 earned. When you make money, you are being taxed on that money. And then you're taking that money that you have been taxed on, or you end up, if you're not taxed up front, you will pay taxes later. That money is then what's being used to buy items that are taxable. So if you're working at a job, getting taxed on your income, and then you need clothes to go and work at that job outside of the home, then you are being taxed on buying those clothes that you need to wear to your job. Whereas working from home, I can wear whatever I want. I can have a very minimal wardrobe. Those are all pictures of the difference between a woman working outside of the home and a woman working inside of the home. Big picture of what I'm talking about today. So now I want to get specific into the details of all of these areas. So first, starting with having a positive mindset around money. When we first got married, I had a lot of fear around money. I had fear around even looking at my bank account. I can remember times of when I was single of not wanting to know what was in my bank account because I was afraid to look at it. When I met Scott, I had $1,000 of credit card that I was not proud of, but I struggled. And so Scott and I, we had started listening to Dave Ramsey's podcast. His podcast is a great resource and it really helped us with paying off all of our debt. So we paid off all of my student loans because Dave often quotes from the Bible, a borrower is slave to the lender. 
and we did not want to be slaved to my student loans. We paid off all my student loans. I believe it was a month before I ended up quitting my job. We paid off those student loans. So then when I decided to quit my job, I'm like, oh no, the chunk of money that we had saved, we just put all of that towards our student loans and I'm now quitting my job. What are we doing? This is terrifying. But like I said before, with the cash flow thing, we started tracking our money. And the reason that we started tracking our money was because of Robert Kiyosaki. So he has this amazing game called Cash Flow. And this game was life changing for me. This is what helped me overcome my fear of money because I love games. And so I started to understand making money and spending money as a game. So I'll show you what the game board, it's this game board. And basically, you get a career, you draw a career at the beginning of the game. So let's say you're the engineer, and it tells you the engineer's income, here's the salary, there's the taxes, mortgage payment, school loan payment, car loan payment, credit card payment. And so you have your income, expenses, assets, liabilities. That's kind of the setup that you start with. And then... The game, as you're going on, it's kind of like the game of life where you're moving on, but it's like realistic game of life. And there are things that you land on, you make a deal, or you end up falling on a doodad, which means you probably were surfing, you broke your surfboard, so you have to pay this much money to get a new surfboard. Stuff like that, and then you have to add that, consider that into your tracker. So this is the sheet of paper that was life-changing for me. It is a cash ledger. So it comes with a whole bunch of these. Every time you pass your income mark, you put in your income. And then every time you have an expense, you put in your expense, and then you can see how much money you actually have. And seeing this laid out like this, so simple, gave me an understanding of how money works. Just me talking about it, it sounds so silly that this was hard for me, but it was, and starting to see money as a game made me want to win. It made me want to get good at it. It made me want to look at areas of our life that we could save money, so that way we're not subtracting money from our income, but we're saving money. So then I started looking around at our household. How are ways that I can save money? What are the ways that I can make money from within our home? Those are all things that this simple little game sparked in my mind. So this was life-changing for me. And that is what then inspired us to create our trackers. So Scott created this document in Google Sheets and we actually created a blank template that you can open and you can save it and make it your own and you can use it yourself. So I have that linked below. If you wanna take that template, save it to your own Google Sheets, and then fill it in each month. And this is what we use. It is very simple, and I'm going to walk you through what it is right now so it's gonna show up on your screen. And if you're listening to this from podcast, hopefully you can understand it. If you'd like to see the visual, you can just check out the YouTube channel. So this is what our tracker looks like. You can see at the top it says budget. We call it our budget, we call it our tracker. In this 
area, you will enter all of your incomes. So any income that you have coming in. So your husband's job, if you walk dogs, if you sell something online, if you sell something on Facebook Marketplace, we have a gifts and surprises column, we have a tax payout column, and then we also have an area on ours. It is our rewards because we do get points from our credit card. So I have that entered in on here. So all of this is going to be unique to your income. What's great about this is this also should inspire you to look for ways you can bring in extra incomes because it is helpful to have a diversified income so there's where you enter all of your incomes and then we have all of the months of the year so every month you'll enter in whatever that may be so let's keep this very simple if we just have $500 a month as a basic thing down here but let's say you made thousand dollars this month from your business well now that just increased down here you made a thousand dollars a month from your property income do you see how that changes down here? Scott has it set up somehow with this Excel sheet to be able to do that. And then you go down and here are all of your expense categories. So we have your generosity expenses. So you can see the percentages. You can see how much of your money is being spent towards generosity, how much is being spent towards investments. And then you have the living category, which would be your groceries, transportation, gas, maintenance, health products, supplements, insurance, chiropractor, medical bills, gym membership. Then you have your bills each month. So that could be rent, that could be your mortgage payment, that could be electric, trash services, water, cell phone, Wi-Fi. And then you have your fun category. This will look unique for you. So that's what we do every month. And you can see you put $50 in there it adjusts there and then it also adjusts all the way up here. So you can see here your baseline every month. This is how much money we made. This is how much money we spent. And this is how much money we have in cash flow. So you can check each month. Are you winning or are you losing? And this could be something that you or your husband decide to do. I like doing this. I'm usually the one that enters in the numbers and then we talk about it and see how we're doing checking in. That could be you or your husband, whoever feels that they that's what they get excited about. I get excited about seeing the numbers each month and it's a good motivation for me to know what's going on with our finances. Because when I don't know what's going on in our finances, sometimes I lose the vision for my purpose and what I'm doing within our home and how to maintain a productive economy. So having this tracker was so helpful. It was the first time in my whole life that I ever knew where my money was going and how much money was coming in. And it was so, so helpful. It still is helpful. We started doing this January of 2019 and it has been a habit that we have stuck with because it has been so helpful for us. So when it comes to confidence with money, those are my two tips. Listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast. It just gets you in the mindset of being a good steward of your finances. Robert Kiyosaki does have a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've read, I think maybe the first three chapters of it but what really helped me was his cash flow game it really helped me understand money as a game that I can win so if you like board games if the tangible type of things are what help you I really recommend getting the game and then having the financial trackers so that way I know how much money is coming in how much money am I spending and how can I adjust that each month what are areas that I can look at and see 
yeah, I spent way too much money on groceries this month. How can I tone that down next month? Or I know I spent a lot of money on groceries this month, but that was because we got half of a cow in our freezer. So now I'm not going to have to be spending money on meat for the next few months. So being able to see that is very helpful because it's like, oh, I didn't just blow money at the grocery store. That was a strategic way of getting food that's going to last us a while at the best possible price we could get. And so now this brings me into spending money, how we can be wise and good stewards of our money through how we spend our money. First, the biggest change for us when it came to groceries was buying food in bulk. I started buying food in bulk and it was kind of an accident because our Whole Foods was moving, Fresh Time was closing, Lucky's was closing, and the first store that we went to was Whole Foods. They were moving and we saw this couple with carts of stuff and diapers and their final uh, total came to I think $2,000 and Scott and I were shocked. We were like, Oh my goodness. But I remember so clearly we were walking out to the parking lot still with our jaws dropped of how much money they spent. And here all I was getting was I think shampoos and conditioners that were discounted. And we were like, that is the way to do it. If you have children who are going to need diapers, you're never going to get diapers for, I don't know, it was 50 or 75% off. You're never going to get diapers for that. And then right after that was when the Lucky's and Fresh Time closed. And now I'm in this mindset of, I'm never gonna get these things for this price. And so I spent, I think, two or $300 at both of those places to get bulk food items or shampoos, conditioners, uh, makeup, teas, whatever we used that was still at the store when they were having their 75% off deals. I bought those things because I would use them. And so that was the very beginning of us stumbling into buying in bulk. And then comes 2020 and we had just came back from South Africa. We got stuck there during all the COVID stuff and we were moving to a new town. We were kind of starting all over again and we had the idea of starting a bulk food store at this new area. That fell through because the building we were trying to get, we didn't end up getting. But in the process of looking this stuff up, we discovered Azure Standard. And I was like, well, we're not gonna have a bulk food store, but we had a strong conviction that groceries were gonna go up and we wanted to start buying our food in bulk from Azure. So we placed our first order with them for $950 at the end of 2020. And I remember before buying that order, I was buying things from Vitacost at the time. I was buying stuff from the grocery store. And at that point, we had definitely shifted our mindset of how we were shopping. We had already been trying to go more local, small business, but because of all the mandates going on, it really made us fed up with a lot of these big companies that were against our Christian values. And so we were like, we are cold turkey shutting down all of these places that are against our values. But I'm not gonna go into too much of that in this video because I'm going to have a whole separate video on buying towards our values coming up soon. But I started comparing Azure's prices, price per pound, I would, I went through everything on their website and they had, to me at the time, it was a lot, but they had far less than they do now. I feel like now that Azure has gotten really popular, every brand wants to work with them. But at the time it was a lot of just the Azure market stuff. And you couldn't even compare their prices at all when you bought 
25 pounds of rice or 50 pounds of oats compared to what you would find at Kroger or even on Vitacost for a one pound bag. And so when I started breaking down the price per pound for all of those things, I realized one, we're gonna get things cheaper. Two, I'm not gonna have to buy them as much. Three, I'm not gonna have to go to the grocery store every week because I am buying in bulk. Four, this is food security because we don't know what's happening with food. And now we see that food has definitely increased in price, so buying in bulk was the better way to go. And really a lot of times still is. You have to be wise about it when you're shopping from Azure because like I said, a lot of big brands have now come in and sell their stuff through Azure. And if you're buying a can of something, it's probably not gonna be a better deal. If you're buying five pounds of einkorn flour, it's probably not gonna be a better deal, but buying in bulk is where you're gonna get the really good deals. And so that was life-changing for us, was starting to buy our groceries in bulk, dried goods, and then seasonally getting our food items in stock. So going to strawberry farms that didn't spray with pesticide, blueberry farms that didn't spray with pesticide, finding those local sources for foods that you can get in bulk and then freeze or turn into jam. I still have strawberry jam from two years ago and then last year that we haven't gone through because I preserved those strawberries in jam and sometimes if i'm out of frozen strawberries in our freezer i'll just open up the strawberry jam and add that to our smoothies in the morning and then that also goes in with looking for a local dairy near you to where you can get the best quality milk that you can when we were in indiana we got that from the amish there are milk shares that you can be a part of if you look at realmilk.com and you can even talk to them where we get our milk right now she is so generous to us we go up once a month, they're an hour and a half from us, but because we drive an hour and a half, we pay $8 a gallon for our high quality, best of the best milk. It lasts us for usually over a month. We freeze it in quart size mason jar bottles, so it's frozen in glass, it's not in plastic. I've only had one time that the bottle is cracked, and that is because I used the glass jar where it curves all the way at the top and it wasn't a ball or mason jar brand it was just there was no label on it so i don't think it was as good of glass quality but i always make sure when i'm filling it up with the milk that i don't go past where the jar starts cur curving at the top so that is another way that we save money each month is by buying in bulk from local resources. So as we're coming up on apple season, you can go apple picking and preserve those apples by making apple pie filling. I still have apple pie filling from last year and we usually like to put that on our baby Dutch uh, sourdough pancakes. I like putting that on yogurt and that is another way to preserve those local good foods and you ended up getting it at a bulk price cheaper than you would from the grocery store. And then that also brings me to meat. We invested in a deep freezer in 2021 when we got our first cow portion. We split it with family. And then we've done that ever since, is finding local sources for grass-fed, grass-finished cows and 
That's been a huge, huge blessing. It's a great way of getting good quality protein and you're spending way less per pound than you would if you went to the grocery store. You're also getting it directly from the farmer, which is good for your local community. Just this past month, I got 30 pounds of sausage. So another local farmer near us, they had a big discount on all their sausages because obviously they were just trying to get through them. So they were selling their pastured pigs sausages for $4 for one pound of sausage which is amazing for pastured pigs meat and so I bought 30 pounds of it because I'm like this is an easy breakfast for us if I can do this three to four times a week so starting to think of buying in bulk and then I'm maybe a little bit biased about this but I actually think buying in bulk and then storing it in glass containers makes your kitchen look more pretty. It also, if you're buying your spices in whole forms, so I buy my peppercorn in the round peppercorn and every time I need to fill up my little spice jar, I'll just grind it fresh. And so you're preserving those ingredients more because every time you cut or splice or powder your herbs, you are losing the nutrient qualities rather than when they were in the whole form. So if you can get spices and herbs in their whole form and then just break it down as you need it, you're gonna get way more health benefits from them than you would if they were powdered. And so buying them in bulk that way, you don't have to worry so much about them going off. And then when it comes to preparing meals is learning how to cook from scratch. As I mentioned earlier, I thought I was cooking from scratch when I was working outside of the home, but I definitely wasn't. I was still definitely buying pasta sauce or pre-made bruschetta or tortillas. And now I'm more in the mindset of how can I make this from the basic level ingredients? I'm at home, I can do these things. I make barbecue sauce from ketchup, from brown sugar that I made out of organic sugar and molasses. Everything I make, I try my best from scratch. Obviously, there are exceptions. If a church event comes up and I don't have whatever I need, I'll go and buy the barbecue sauce. But if I can, I will make it from scratch because it is a lot cheaper. So look at the food at your home. What are you eating the most of and how can you make that from scratch? Mayonnaise, you can make mayonnaise from scratch very cheap. You can start your sourdough starter and make bread, pizza dough, muffins, all types of things from a sourdough starter. You can start sprouting your dried beans and make foods with sprouted beans chickpeas. You can make hummus from scratch out of sprouted chickpeas. And then you can make large meals. I try to take one day a week where I am mass prepping food for the whole week or at least some ideas for things. So whenever I make pizza dough, I make enough to where I get three or four pizzas out of that dough. So then we end up having pizza for three to four days in a row. We don't mind eating the same food several days in a row, that's what works really well for us. And it also means that I'm spending less time in the kitchen because I'm making big mass meals 
and then reheating them in the next few days. So find meals that you can make in big batches of and then reheat or repurpose the next day. So if we do steak on the grill, we'll have leftover steak pieces and sometimes the next morning I will cut those steak pieces up and cook them with eggs and that'll be our breakfast. Or I'll make steak and cheese quesadilla with those. Or I'll put those steak pieces on pizza. Think of ways that you can continue to use those items in a different meal. Or just the other day, I was like, what is something I have a lot of in my garden? I have a ton of basil and I have a lot of ground beef. So I typed in ground beef and basil recipe and it was this Thai meal that came up they had a they used a lot of ingredients that I didn't have so I made a lot of adjustments based on the ingredients that I do have and I actually have that linked on my blog so if you want to check out that recipe it was delicious it was so good and it was made with really good ingredients and it makes a huge batch so that way you can reheat it the next day it makes your life easier you're eating healthy foods and it costs far less because you're cooking with ingredients another aspect of food and saving money is by having a garden this could be as easy as having greens in pots or growing beets in pots. There are many things that you can grow in containers. You don't have to have a huge garden to grow your own food. You can start with anything. You could start with sprouts in a jar. Or if you do have space or room for a garden, have a garden, grow food from your garden. A lot of people say it's not worth the money put into starting a garden. And that is true. Your first season or two, you are gonna put a lot of money into starting a garden. Garden, but once your garden is going, it pays for itself. And that's not even including just the, the healing experience of working out in the garden, being in the sunshine, working with God's creation, learning humility from the garden, learning that sometimes things are out of your control. I mean, this garden season has been the most wild garden season that we've ever had. We have had every pestilence problem I think I could have ever imagined, but this is our first season here. It's our first garden on this piece of property. So all of that is to be expected. Our tomato plants have now army worms and so I am trying to kill them. And my goal is to have 52 pint jars of pasta sauce. I'm at 25. Granted, I we probably have used three or four pints of pasta sauce that I never canned, but just put straight in the fridge. But at the beginning of the garden season, my mindset was, well, if we get one tomato, I'm gonna be happy. So the fact that I got 25 cans of pasta sauce, I am very pleased with. Hopefully I'll get more, but uh, I'm not, getting my hopes up with it <laughs> but just being able to prepare your own food there is something so rewarding about that and preparing food that you know you're going to eat so we love pasta we love pizza i make a basic basil pasta sauce out of the ball canning recipe book and i use that for pizza sauce i use that for pasta lasagna Anything that is tomato sauce needed, I use that basic sauce for. Last year, we had so many cucumbers that I think I had at least 50 pint jars of cucumbers. So when my cucumber plant died earlier this year, it wasn't a huge deal for me because I had canned so many cucumbers last year and I still have tons and tons of pickles. But make it fun. What do you guys eat? 
two years ago, I grew tons of lettuce and a lot of it ended up being in the compost, which is fine because it gets reused, but that was lost garden space that I could have used for something else. So when you're doing a garden, really focus on what are the main foods that we need and focus on those things. For me this year, my garden was mainly focused on tomatoes. So start thinking that way and then focus on those things when you're starting a garden. Otherwise, gardening can be overwhelming because there are an abundance of seed options. And then as you go, you can focus on things that work for you and things that you know do grow well in your area. So gardening is a huge blessing for building your home economy, eating healthy food that you know has not been sprayed with pesticide and you know it's filled with good nutrients and minerals for your body. And then part of stewarding your home economy, being resourceful, is not being wasteful. So if you go to the grocery store and you buy food, make sure you use that food. Or if you're gardening, make sure that you get the tomatoes off the vine before the worms get them. That has been my focus this season because we do have these worms, is how do I get these tomatoes off before the worms get them because I don't want to waste them. And granted, there's going to be things happen. You're going to leave a thing of lettuce in your vegetable box at the bottom of your fridge and it's going to be rotten and gross. But try your best not to waste food. One of the systems that I have every week is cleaning out the fridge and that's not doing a deep clean. I do a deep clean where I actually wipe everything down once a month, but cleaning out the fridge, making sure I know what's in there so that way things don't get tucked in the back and end up growing mold on them because I didn't know that they were back there. And my refrigerator is fairly sparse and that's because I keep things rotated. I know what's going on in there. If it gets too filled, that's when food ends up going off, getting expired. You don't know what's in there. And so just earlier this week, I cleaned out I did my full deep clean of wiping everything down, but it's helpful now to know I know everything in there. I know that there's nothing in there that's growing mold, getting wasteful. So making sure that that's a habit that you keep up with, it's a good way of stewarding your home economy and making sure you don't end up wasting food. And then that ties in with putting food on your plate that you know you're gonna eat. Something that Scott and I have noticed is how much food gets thrown away because it was on a plate and someone didn't eat it and so it just scra gets scraped in the garbage. It's mind-blowing for us because we love leftovers and I don't know if it's because when I was in South Africa in 2016, I worked at a uh, preschool in a rubbish dump and they would dish out food for us every day and the food was not that good. It was not good at all actually. Some days I had to force myself to eat it but these mamas made it with love and they would always give me a decent sized portion. And I remember our friends that were missionaries there had said to all of us interns, make sure you eat everything that gets put on your plate because it is an honor for these women that they're giving you this food and out of an act of honor and respect for them, you are to eat all the food that is on your plate. And so I don't know if it's a habit from doing that for three months straight that I eat everything that gets put on my plate or if I go to a potluck, then I put on my plate what I'm able and willing to eat. And if I want more, I can always go back and get more, but not to overload my plate because I don't wanna throw things in the garbage. So make a habit in your household to not throw away perfectly good food, but 
only put on your plate what you are definitely going to eat. Another way of stewarding your home economy and a huge difference that I noticed once I quit my job to come and manage your home economy is we don't eat out as much. We hardly ever eat out actually. And when I was working, we would go to the Whole Foods hot bar all the time because I was like, well, it's healthier. I don't really feel like cooking. But now that I have learned to love and enjoy cooking and cooking good, healthy food, even the idea of going out to eat doesn't appeal to me because I know the, the seed oils and the grossness that goes into most of that food. And granted, there's exceptions. If we're going out of town and having a trip, I try to find a healthier version or go all out and find like a French pastry place that we can go have coffee and croissants and make it a fun thing. But we eat out far, far less because it's more enjoyable to be at home. And I know what's entering into our bodies. And so that will save you so much money, especially now. Have you been to a restaurant? The prices of things are insane. So that is all things on food and stewarding your home economy with the mindset around food. And I focused a lot on this video on food because that's something we do every day every single day we're making food so how do we get systems down with food that we know we're not going to be paying an arm and a leg for groceries these days how can we lower our grocery budget while still eating healthy good quality food some of you have asked about kitchen tools that i recommend for the home economy that video is coming out soon of kitchen tools that i recommend i've already done a whole video on cast iron and the importance of having cast iron as part of your home economy. So I will link that below if you're interested in that. But that is a game changer. Uh, for me, it has been at least. So now another way to save money for your household after quitting your job to come home is being mindful of when you're out and about of not going to places where you know you spend money. So somewhere that I know if I go in there, I'm gonna walk out with something is places like Marshalls, Home Goods. TJ Maxx, Hobby Lobby, it is very hard for me to go to those places and not walk out with something. Now, there are exceptions. When I do go there, Scott needed a shirt. I went to Marshall's, we got him a shirt from Marshall's, and you can be very disciplined and not get anything else. But most of the time, I drive right past all of those places. One, because we also have a values mindset of where we spend our money. So, and those places happen to not be in that group of where we wanna spend our money. There are exceptions, but avoiding those places where you know you're going to spend money in the first place. And instead, if you do wanna go shopping for fun, find thrift shops near you that you can go to or go to yard sales, go to estate sales, do the online auctioning. There are an abundance of ways to still buy what you need, but get them for a far less price. And you know, this is where it gets really fun with the Lord. I could give so many testimonies in our life where we had a need and I brought it to God in prayer that Lord, I would love to have this thing and he provides it. I mean, even just recently, we had been listening to the Lord of the Rings audiobook, and <laughs> the Libby app returned it for us because we didn't get through it in time for the two weeks that we had it. And then I 
added myself back on the waitlist and there was 56 people now on the waitlist. And so we looked at thrift books and we had thought about buying it on thrift books. We could buy the whole set. I think it was for either 26 or $33. You could buy all of the series. So we contemplated doing that and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna hold off and wait a bit. And so a few days later, I always just kind of randomly check the high bid website just to see the online auctions near us and what's selling. And there was an auction near us that had these bookshelf and I zoomed in on the bookshelf and there was the Lord of the Rings series. So we ended up getting tons of really cool old books. The Laura Ingalls Wilder books. I mean, there are so many really neat books and we got all of them for $26. So what we were gonna spend on the thrift books, the three of them, we ended up getting the three Lord of the Rings books, plus The Hobbit, plus several other of Tolkien's books and writings about him, and then many other books. And so I was like, God, you totally provided for us. And that is just the smallest of things. There's also been huge things that God's provided for us. Places for us to live. This house that we live in, there is an amazing testimony with this house. So bring our desires before the Lord, even if it's just a want. We didn't need the Lord of the Rings books, but it was the desire of our hearts. And so we brought it before the Lord and he provided it for us because he's so good. He is so good. So inviting him a part of this process of building the home economy, even when it comes to the food stuff, I don't know how many times I've prayed that God would direct our steps with finding local sources with food and then something would come up. Someone would tell us about some place or a Facebook ad would come up or even recipes or learning how to cook from scratch. When I first got married, I struggled with cooking. I really struggled. It stressed me out because I was so bad at it. And so I prayed and I asked God to help me. I wanted to be a wife that knew how to cook and he made it fun and exciting. And now just the other night when I was making that Thai beef basil meal, I was just standing in the kitchen cooking and I was like, this is fun. I like cooking with ingredients. And when I first got married, if I knew that this is where I would be now, I think I would have been shocked because my confidence with cooking was so low when we got married. And so inviting the Holy Spirit in to all of these things, talking to Jesus, inviting him into the process of all of these things, and then keeping a testimonies board. So we have a chalkboard. One half is our big audacious prayers. The other half is testimonies. We write down things that only God can do. These are our prayer requests. And then we write down this is what God has done. And it is so cool to see that. And then every time we feel like we've turned the page of a new season, we wipe it, we take a picture of it, wipe it clean and start over. And there are things that have been on that big audacious prayers board for years, but getting to see the things that God has done and the ways that he has blessed us and provides for us is just this reminder of looking back God has been faithful. He's never failed us. He's always been there for us. He always makes a way for us, even when it feels like there is no way. And just to have that reminder in your household is so helpful on days when you don't feel like you have a vision, when you feel like things are going wrong, when it's hard to get your mindset in the right place, to look at that testimonies board and see, look what God has done. 
He has always been faithful to us. And then that ties in with being content and being content with what you have. And if that means you getting off of social media because social media makes you feel like your house isn't good enough, your home isn't good enough, your clothes aren't good enough, then get off social media for a bit. Maybe you need some time away and some time to look at your house and be like, actually, my house is pretty cool. My wardrobe is very simple. I wouldn't want anything more than that. Contentment is a choice. And if you feel that you're not content, then what are the things that are making you feel discontent and move away from those things and get into a mindset of looking around and being thankful. Change your mindset to, actually, what am I grateful for? Start thinking about those things. So there are many directions I could go when it comes to finances because there are many ways that you can be productive in your home and save money rather than being a consumer household. And so that is my point with having this series. I have the making your own laundry soap. I have the laundry stripping video. I want my videos to be very practical ways that you can make your home a productive place, ways that you can save money and make it fun. And so I hope that this big picture video with few specifics was helpful for you in making you excited that there is a vision to be had with homemaking and there's beautiful work to be done and it's rewarding work. So I hope that this video was helpful for you. The wisest of women builds her home. So I bless you. I bless the work of your hands and the rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can support our channel by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, or if you would like to purchase from our shop, our website is home with Kelly, K-E-L-L-I dot C-O. We have organic rooibos that we bring in from Scott's home country of South Africa. It is a delicious, no caffeine tea, loose leaf. It is so good, iced or warm. And I also have some vintage home goods in the shop and I make some hand bound journals, which are also available. We hope that everything that we share is an encouragement and a blessing to you and your family.